Betty Wells has our special this morning. Thank you, Sister Betty. That was awesome. The choir did good, and I appreciate them. Appreciate our musicians and the great job that they did as we continue our Sunday morning series on strengthening our hands for a good work and thinking about how that 
We're getting ready for revival services. We have a lot going on this spring. The big teenage conference in Little Rock, just different things happening. Summertime will be here before we know it. Uh, of course, Upward, we had an awesome season of Upward. Just the closing uh, Upward celebration was great. Uh, the, the kids enjoyed it. They got some great end-of-the-year awards, some great participation from all of our parents, volunteers. Appreciate all of that. I invite you now to stand for the reading of God's Holy Word. Open your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 18. Or uh, I noticed today we had several uh, people with electronic versions, several iPads and tablets floating around. And, of course, you can just look on the screen if you'd like either way. But nevertheless, think about what this is our key verse. We've got to this part in God's Word. The key verse in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 18. The word of God says this. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Let's pray. Father. May we strengthen our hands. May we strengthen our hands in you. And Father, if we're weak today, would you give us the strength that we need? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for that portion of God's holy word. uh, As we continue looking at this, a particular subject, just a, a neat passage, and just thinking about Nehemiah. We'll be we'll be going through this and looking at it. So, uh, of course, you've got a head start if you have a bulletin. You can follow along there or up front either way. But you know, thinking about this this title, a broken city and a strong determination. As we look here, Nehemiah had he had both. He was broken, and so was Jerusalem. You know, you and I can be broken. As he wandered around this city, he got permission from the king. He got all these resources to go into all the way over from Persia, all the way back over to Israel, back to Jerusalem. He gets there. The Bible says he gets there and he sees that the city is in shambles. Of course, people had already started returning under Zerubbabel and Ezra. They were headed back there. But his heart was broken because his hometown was really struggling. So, folks, you may be struggling in your life today. You may feel like in your in your heart, your spirit may be broken. You know, I've met people before they said they had a broken heart. We've all had some type of broken heart before. We've all had a maybe had a broken spirit. Uh, I've heard of people talking about animals that way, a, a horse or a. Uh, maybe some other type of animal, their spirit is broken inside. And, of course, us as individuals, we can be broken inside. Of course, just looking at this city here, uh, Jerusalem, it's broken down. You know, and as God was listening to the prayer of Nehemiah, he had this burden from God and this plan from God to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And wouldn't that be great this morning to think about? And wouldn't it be great if God just, so to speak, gave you a letter? Hey, this is my plan for you. 
But a lot of times, you and I, we struggle. We read God's Word, we pray, we get down on our knees. I was um, with Karen, we had the VBS seminar, and one of our other purposes for um, the trip to Texarkana, obviously, she's been doing those VBS seminars. We figured it up the other day. She started doing this. Uh, We were married in 1989, and she started doing her very first one. Taylor was born in 1992. She started in 1990 doing vacation Bible school seminars at the age of 19 years old, and she's been doing them ever since. And so she really enjoys doing those. Plus, it gives her a head start for vacation Bible school, her doing it this early. But nevertheless, we had, it's her birthday Wednesday, so I said, and uh, of course she she needed some some clothes that, that fit her, and uh, she's been very blessed with having some good results trying to accomplish uh, her weight loss goals and different things like that. So happy, she said, happy birthday to me, and she went, and so I'm reading this book uh, sitting there because I'm just not into standing beside her while she's dress shopping, you know, and skirts, and so I just want to, oh, where's me a quiet spot, and I'll pull out my electronic version and read this book, you see, and I was reading there about, uh, uh, it's that book, uh, Deep and Wide, Andy Stanley, Trey and I talked about it, and uh, just thinking about, uh, it went back to the time that uh, Dr. Charles Stanley over at First Baptist Church in Atlanta was uh, the associate pastor, and the, there was some people there that was giving him a hard time. And he said, you know what, I need, to, I need to make a decision. And I need to make that decision on my knees. And folks, when you come up, when you're trying to figure out God's plan for your life, what does God want me to do? Folks, that's the best way to figure it out, on your knees. You know, when he said that, I said, that's it. It's not about, I'm not trying to please people. I'm not trying, and you shouldn't either. You know, you're not trying to figure out, it's not about uh, what does this one want you to do or that one wants you to do. Basically this, if you please God, you'll please other people. The people that have their heart right anyway. And so Nehemiah was doing that. You remember in chapter 1, he received a burden from God. Say, okay, God, why are you messing with me? I mean, all of a sudden I have this burning desire to go back to Jerusalem to help rebuild. And so, okay, I'm listening. And guess what? God works it out. You know, and and I put in there that the prayer that he had heard Nehemiah's prayer and he was getting him ready. And the key verse to him getting ready and doing this is verse 8. Verse 8 is the key part of, okay, this plan, and you're burdening me, and you're messing with me, God, and you're trying to get me to move forward. So what's the key? Well, the key is verse 8. And it says this, so he said, I'm getting ready, a letter from Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest. Now, okay, I'm getting some timber to make some beams for the gate in the house, and the wall, and the city. Man, I'm getting all the stuff. I went to Lowe's, shopping at Lowe's, and... Of course, back then, the king owned Lowe's, okay? He owned the sawmill. He had the sawmill, and basically, the king didn't have to help Nehemiah at all. Nehemiah was just a trusted advisor. He was one of the cabinet members, if you will, for the king's court. But notice at the end of verse 8 what it says. 
And the king granted me according to the good hand. The good hand of my God upon me. Folks, I've always said this. Where God leads or where God guides, he provides. And where God leads, he feeds. I heard that almost 30 years ago and I said, you know what, that's right. Where God guides, He provides. And where God leads, He feeds. You see, who told Nehemiah to do that? God did. So guess who moved on the heart of the king to give him what he needed? And that was God. Is God burdening you? And you say, well, there's no way in the world I can talk to so-and-so. There's no way in the world I can do that, Brother Michael. Folks, if God's burdening you, He'll provide you the means. That you need to do it. He will. You say, I just don't, I don't see how. That's called faith. I can't go over there. I've never been there before. Folks, unknown territory is where faith lives. Unknown territory is where faith lives. You know, God was working, but so was Satan. Well, verse 10. You know, so any time God gets busy, Satan gets busy. It says in verse 10, when Sanballat the Hornite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite heard it. They heard of it. It grieved them exceedingly. So that there was a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want that. Did you know any time, any time that, that you're trying to serve the Lord, the devil is going to throw stuff to trip you up? I've tripped up before. I've often told you, I know one day as much as I move around, I don't think I've fallen yet in eight years, Miss Betty, right here. But one of these days, I know it's going to happen. And if I'm, and if I'm, if I'm okay when I land, you can laugh, okay? And uh, just go ahead, because I, I just do that. If I fall funny, you know, y'all make sure I'm okay. Then you can laugh at me. But, folks, it, whether it be literal tripping up or, or whatever, did you know this, that Satan is going to try to trip you up? And he's got, he'll use people, he'll use things, he'll use your job, he'll use your, uh, uh, your family, he'll use it. No, you can't do that. There will always be some... A negativity, pessimism, animosity, dislike, disgruntlement. I don't know. You can use a bunch of words there that will try to trip. No, you can't do that. But folks, if God's leading me, He's leading me. Well, the generation, the plea of the generation begins in verse 11. What I call the plea of a generation you know the mess that Jerusalem was in? It says in verse 11 and 12, it says, I came to Jerusalem. Yeah, and then verse 12, I, I rose in the night and some few men with me. Neither, I, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon. So 
It was just basically, he's there in the night, he's doing a survey trip, he's looking, okay, what's it going to take? Did I bring enough lumber? The mess that Jerusalem in, all of this, you know, it says there, think about this. Look, look at that verse, you know, the verse basically says this. Jerusalem was in a mess. Had he told anybody yet what his plan was? According to that verse there, he hadn't told a soul But let me ask you this. You may feel like my life is in a mess right now. Things aren't going smoothly in my life right now. But did you know this? You may not know it yet, but God's working. Was God working in Nehemiah's heart? You got proof right there. There's proof right there in the Bible. God was already... He had a plan working behind the scenes... Folks, right now, you may feel, remember Jerusalem, I mean, he can't even, as you read this whole section, it says he, he couldn't even get by some places. He comes to a gate, and there's no way for me to get around. I just feel trapped. You may feel trapped right now in your life. You may feel trapped right now, and you don't really know what the answer is. Brother Michael, I don't know what the answer is in my life. Neither did they. But who was working? God was. You see, you don't have to know all the answers to say, God, I don't know all the answers, but I trust You. Folks, can you say that this morning? Can you say that in your heart? I don't care if you say it out loud even. God, I don't understand what's going on, but I trust You. I don't have all the answers, but I trust You. I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but I trust You. Can you say that right now in your heart? Like I said, even out loud, can you say, God, I trust you. I don't know, but I trust you. You see, that's what happened. Nobody had a game plan, but Nehemiah had one in his heart. Because who was working on Nehemiah's heart? Yeah. Matter of fact, if you see this, you know, it's the only way for us to know. Because it says... Neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do. Well, in verses, he begins to share his plan. As we skip down to verse 16, he begins to share his plan. And it says there in verse 16, right here in verse 16, he hasn't spoken yet, but it tells you who he's about to speak to. So basically... He's going to tell the what? The Jews, the priests, the nobles, and the rulers, nor to the rest. So he it's going to tell you that's who he's speaking to. So basically this, I'm going to share it with everybody what God had put in my heart to do. Now verse 17 tells how bad it was. In verse 17, you know, so this, this generation. Now let me ask you this. Before I read verse 17, let me tell you this. The whole point of this section right here is what? This generation feels hopeless or helpless. And you know what right now, today in Ashley County, Arkansas, or wherever you may live, did you know we're living in a day where our economy, our government, our, 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 our future is in a conundrum, if you will. It's, this feels... What's going to happen next? What's going on? Is there any hope for America? 
Are we living in a day where a generation has no... It, the future is unknown, isn't it? The future is unknown. And that's what was facing this generation. Matter of fact, you know how bad it is? Notice it says in verse 17. Do you see the distress that we're in? How Jerusalem lieth waste. What if, uh, what if Wall Street crashes? Many of us in this room have 401ks and different things. And I'm, I'm not a doomsdayer. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm a pretty positive person. I've always looked on the bright side of things. The glass is half full instead of half empty. But as I look at this, you see what I mean? Nehemiah said, things are not good. That's what verse 17 is all about. Things are not good. But he's about to change his tune. Everything's burned up. As a matter of fact, Jerusalem is a reproach. Is a Look at them. <laughs> They don't even have a town anymore. They don't, because back then, if you didn't have walls and gates, you were just a, a shanty, a shack. Look at them. Jerusalem is a laughing. I mean, look, that's crazy. And you may feel today, this morning, that like the world is looking at your life, and I'm afraid what other people may think. I, I, Brother Michael, I. People look at my life and what do they think? Who cares what people think? What does God think? What does God think? It doesn't I mean quit. You get caught in a satanic trap if you're worried about what people think, especially over what God thinks. He's the one we need to think of. People were laughing at Jerusalem, but Nehemiah said, Stop worrying about them! Yeah, that we'd be no more reproached. But guess what? It's how bad it was in verse 17, but it's how good it is in verse 18. God's working. Oh, yeah. Verse 18 says, which we've already read it. Man, this is good news. Basically, he's sharing some good news that God's working. And folks, God's work is always a good work. We've, we've looked at verse 18 and y'all, y'all just hang, look at it there. So guess what? Guess what? In wrapping this little segment up, now in a minute, and we'll, we'll get to the grumbling, which is, you're looking at your bulletin, you see it's coming next, but let's wrap up this little segment. Let's, Okay, the whole point is they're broken. Jerusalem is what? Broken. Can y'all say that this morning? Jerusalem is what is? Okay, one more time. Jerusalem is what? Broken. How's your life this morning? Jerusalem was in a mess. My life feels, man, I just... Man, I... Brother Michael, I, I don't know. Folks, all of us have had those I don't know times in our life. All of us have felt like there's dead ends every which way I turn. Some more than others. But guess what? Nehemiah gave some good news. He said, God's been working and you didn't even know it. And then they got all excited because notice it wasn't, notice it wasn't Nehemiah who said in verse 18, Okay, it's time to go to work. 
Notice it wasn't Nehemiah that said that. Who said it? The people said, you're kidding. You're kidding me. God's been working in your heart? That is awesome. Matter of fact, Nehemiah didn't say, let's go to work. Guess who said it? The people said it. That sounds like a great idea. Folks, people are dying for, for somebody to say, let's worship God. People are dying to say, let's go to church. And folks, somebody in your home this morning, whether it be husband or wife, mom or dad, did you know that when your kids got up, they may be trained to go to church, but somebody in your family this morning said, let's get up and come to church. And that's what happened with Nehemiah. Nehemiah said, we got to do something. God's been working. And the people said, let's go. Who's going to be the leader in your home? Who's going to rise up? Who will say, I don't know whether it be the husband or the wife, somebody say, let's worship God. My life is a mess. Let's turn to God. We need revival at Promised Land. Let's kneel before God. Oh. Oh, no. There's that conjunction we don't like in verse 19. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, they heard about this. Guess, guess what? Hey, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How did, were they at the meeting? Were they at the meeting with Nehemiah? No. But what does verse 19 say? They heard of it. So guess what happened? Hey, did you hear what Nehemiah's going to do? Did you hear, folks, when God gets moving, people start talking. When God gets moving, hey, did you see, did you know the other day that Dallas and then Clayton and then Hunter were all baptized and they had asked Jesus Christ in their heart earlier and then they followed the Lord? Did y'all hear the good news? Folks, good news doesn't travel quite as fast as bad news, but it still travels. Let me ask you, which one are you putting your energy behind? Every one of y'all in this church, which one do you like to share more? Because what is, I mean, this is before the days of texting. Have y'all ever seen a teenager's thumbs? Did y'all know that, you know, I've got a pretty good bicep on me. Just ask me later, I'll show it to you. Okay? But did y'all know that some of these teenagers have, they have th- muscles right here in their thumbs bigger than my muscle right here? And did you know, thanks to texting and Facebook, that at the speed of light, stuff can travel? This morning, I called and texted Brother Joel, and he's in Central America, our missionary. What does it say there? When they heard of it. They heard of this news. And guess what? They laughed. Not only did they laugh, but what does it say? They laughed us to scorn and despised us. 
and says, what is this thing that you will do? And then they started accusing them of being disloyal patriots and the lost and backslidden will always deride God's man and God's plan. Even the Apostle Peter did this. We shared this Sunday night in Matthew 16, 22 and 23. It says that uh, Peter told him, he said, No, you don't need to die on the cross. You don't need to die on the cross. Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. So, did you know you can be a saved, born-again believer, but go against God's plan? Well, Nehemiah responds in verse 20. And uh, verse 20 is powerful. Folks, sometimes when uh, people say mean things about you, it's, it's okay to respond firmly, but positively. Hey, listen. Those lies you tell them about me are not true. And you may not agree with me, but I'm going to follow what God has laid on my heart. This is the way, this is the way Nehemiah responds. This is the way you can respond to people. And you say, well, you know what, I, I, even though you may uh, not be kind or may not be this, but did you know I can still love you? Did you all know that? Somebody that's mean to you, you know the Bible says you can still love them. You can still love them. Respond. So this is basically what he stood up and said, listen. Now, it doesn't tell us how he answered. He just answered them. He said, hey, listen, guys. This is what I said to them. The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise. Did, did, did he call, start calling them names and then just write and say, you don't know what you're talking about? You know, basically this. Hey, listen. Y'all can sit over there and yap your yap all day long, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to serve God. We're going to serve God. We're going to move ahead. We're going to move forward. We're going to serve Him. And we're going to follow Him. We're going to rise and build. But you have no portion, no right, nor memorial. A right means, you know, they didn't have a right because they didn't have a relationship. Folks, if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will have no right to enter heaven. Because Jesus is the ticket. They had no right, no portion. Folks, no portion of blessings will come into your life from the Lord if we're not, A, we don't have a relationship, and B, if we're not living for Him. And no memorial. Memorial means remembrance. Let me ask you this before I close. Do you have a memory of when you asked Jesus to save you? When... When you ask Jesus to save you. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word this morning. To show in God's, your word, how that you worked in Nehemiah's life. When things look so bad, you were working behind the scenes. When things were in an uproar, you had, you had a plan. 
And folks, there may be some this morning that need to come and pray at the altar that just say, God, I, I don't know what the future holds, but dear Lord, I want to trust you anyway. My life is, is confused and, and there's things that just aren't working, but dear Lord, I want to trust you anyway. I want to pray for revival this morning. I want to pray for changed hearts and lives this morning. Whatever you're laying upon our heart, may we respond to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.